Look at that. All of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of people talking about vote fraud. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. Yeah, Hillary sat down with the teleprompter for a couple minutes and flubbed her lines and didn't even bother to do a retake. There's people pushing back. Try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump stole the election. That's Ted Cruz on The View. A very reasonable discussion, as you can imagine. There was even a reporter in the White House who asked the spokeslier, the current spokeslier, hey, the figurehead, although he calls him President Biden, likened the Georgia election laws to Jim Crow. And yet, we're seeing record turnout every day in Georgia. The spokeslier. Uh, of course, uh, high turnout and voter suppression can take place at the same time. <laughs> it's suppression, it's fraud, it's theft. Good thing we've got Merrick Garland out there. The government of China sought to interfere with the rights and freedoms of individuals in the United States and to undermine our judicial system that protects those rights. Yeah, because Merrick Garland's all about protecting rights. And that brings us to the topic of the day. Why go to all the trouble to steal elections and to rig elections if that's your only plan? I mean, wouldn't it be faster just to write a memo? Just to change the culture? Well, for instance, just what did Bobby Mueller do to the FBI? At the time that I arrived, yes, the the supervisor that was in place said there was a real need for it that he'd perceived and he'd argued relentlessly to keep my position open as a uh, child exploitation body for the division. And then what happened a couple months later that made you leave the child exploitation cases behind? At the end of the fiscal year, the uh, Jacksonville field office does an assessment and where it wants to reallocate any resources, what it deems to be a higher priority, lower priority type of cases. So the assistant special agent in charge reached out to our office and said that I was going to be reassigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Ah, well, that's important, working on stop terrorism by, you know, taking SWAT teams to the homes of 68-year-old pro-life activists. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. It's a pretty big day for us as we uh, prepare to make another partner announcement here in just a second. I have this tab that I put up on my show notes, and this is a little bit behind the scenes, but when I get into prepping a show, I've got these little tags that go in the, the documents that we on a team as a team work on. I'll tag things as audio or I'll tag things as guests, such as if we're going to have a guest in a segment, um, a segment, and I do segments as blocks. So block one might contain a guest. And then I have this thing called long read. 
And long read can be anything between an hour or half hour read if I really want to dig into it. And there is a fascinating article. And it's about this weird trick that Bobby Mueller used, Robert Mueller. Now, I don't necessarily think that Bobby Mueller intended to have the outcome that's occurred, but I don't think Bobby Mueller's the least bit bothered by it. You know, there's this thing that people will say in therapeutic circles about, well, but it's a happy mistake. Bobby Mueller did something after uh, 9-11 when George W. Bush uh, castigated him and criticized him and said, you need to be able to stop this stuff. And Mueller made this decision at that point uh, to shift, to pivot the FBI. But how do you think he pivoted it? We're paying for that today. There's a fantastic piece at The Federalist that I tagged long read, even though it's only about a six-minute read because I wanted to sit and study it. It is the template. It is why we have the us versus them that we do. It is why it has become D.C. versus America because of this structure. We'll talk about that as well as go through all of the discussion about election fraud. Plus, that Merrick Garland piece, I played a little bit of uh, the paper bully. Well, why would China care that he stopped this thing if he stopped anything? Because Merrick's doing what they want. This is, uh, for us, a, a pretty enormous day. Uh, this is the second time a big company has come to us to say, hey, we would like to get introduced to your audience. Now, to be fair, a lot of you already know this company. And you know the CEO, at least through reputation uh, and through his political activism. And I got to meet him virtually, not, not in person, but virtually a few years ago when I interviewed him for almost an hour uh, talking about his... Uh, He's pulling himself out of a hole by believing in God, power of the Lord. Oh, he's so open about that. And I was so impressed with the man who turned his life around to that degree by trusting the Holy Spirit. And at that time, I wasn't doing business with my pillow. That came later. We started doing business together kind of long after that interview. And this is the second time a big company's reached out to us. I am so thankful for the opportunity to help promote my pillow. I asked the audience about them, and, and I asked the following questions. Have you ever had an issue with the shipment? And folks sent me a note and said, yep, they've solved it immediately. One guy said, I can't even believe how generous they were in solving an issue. That's one big question I ask companies is, what do you do when something goes wrong? I asked you, and it's been stellar. Then I asked about the current product lineup, and it's people love it. And truly, that's been Mike's uh, uh, vision, Mike Lindell, the CEO, founder of MyPillow. And that thing about sleep, that's real. Because he spent a lot of time unable to sleep. And when the Lord turned his life around, he said, hey, what, what, what can I give back? Well, sleep. That's how that started. And so the products came after that. And you know about the products. Now, I will tell you this, that since they're launching now as a partner with us, uh, we're going to do a special. Mike's been very generous. You go to MyPillow.com slash Herman. Super easy. MyPillow.com slash my last name. MyPillow.com slash Herman. When you do, Mike Lindell is going to give you the best offer ever. 
You receive a standard MyPillow for only $19.88. Use the promo code HERMAN, H-E-R-M-A-N, for deep discounts on MyPillow products. So that's MyPillow.com slash Herman, and the promo code is HERMAN. So go to my page at MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use the promo code HERMAN. All right, this is all made in the USA, 10-year warranty, and you know that they back it up. And now I know because I've got a bunch of, a bunch of testimony from you saying, please, 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 please bring my pillow on. So to Mike Lindell, thank you, sir. It's God has been so good to this podcast. Thank you, Lord. And for you, please go to mypillow.com slash Herman. Use the promo code Herman to take advantage of Mike's special offer. Lots of people talking about lots and lots of election fraud. <laughs> and racism. Oh, this is this is gorgeous. We'll get into the... May, we may do some stuff on the Charlie Crist and Ron DeSantis debate. Uh, this is the after party. Uh, <laughs> this is Charlie Crist's running mate. And she decided to do a little uh, a little Zoom meeting. Her name is uh, Carla for Florida. I don't even care about her. Carla for Florida. And listen to what she says about uh, Hispanic people. So Hispanic listeners, you guys are on notice from the Christ campaign. We know that a lot in America, we have our, uh, it's interesting. Uh, they're they're, they're racist too. Our, our, Latino people, <laughs> our Latino people are racist. It's okay. They still have a lot of colonial mentality and we have to get through that. We have to get it must be the white Hispanics. I guess George Zimmerman moved to Florida and fathered all Hispanics because now it's, it's white supremacy there. In times of universal deceit, telling the truth uh, is a revolutionary act. And in times of universal hatred, refusing to give in to it, it's always the right thing. It's always right to, uh, for us to love thy neighbor and to look at stuff like that and say, that's a lie. You're a liar. And you should repent. Hillary Clinton, a, a professional liar, I think as close to an empty soul as you can be. Not my, not, I don't get to say someone is unsavable. Um, that's the Lord's, that's the Lord's world, not mine, not ours. But I can say my assessment of Hillary is she couldn't be more empty souled. So here she is talking about what she wants to pretend is a plan to steal elections, but why go to this trouble? We can, you can just do what Bobby Mueller did and what Tony Fauci did and what Lizzie Warren tried to do with her Consumer Fraud Protection Bureau, which is being dismantled by the courts. Thank the Lord Almighty. Why go to this trouble? Hillary in front of a teleprompter for two minutes, and they couldn't even get a better take than this one. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that <laughs> is keeping me up at night. Yeah. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. (laughs) I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it the right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, (laughs) 
state <laughs> legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislature. <laughs> Oh my goodness, let's de-Satan that. Let's let's take the Satan out of that. What is being examined is, does the Constitution mean what it says that in federal elections, the rules for the elections are to be installed and carried out and enforced by the states? The rules are to be created by the state legislatures in the various states. States get to have their own unique election rules. Some states have no rules, like the, the separate country of Washington State has no rules. There's, you just you get an envelope and you, you put some ink on it and you send it in and they pretend to check it. California has their rules where you, you drop a bunch of ballots wherever they might land and you let political activists show up and say, oh, I'll take your ballot in for you and don't bother filling it out state of Wisconsin, where a special inspector, inspector general type, who was a former Supreme Court justice, came back and said there was rampant and broad scale fraud in Wisconsin, particularly in nursing homes, where once again, separate parties came in and said, hey, you're old. Don't fill out your ballot. You might hurt yourself. I'll do it. And the state legislatures get to make these rules. And the state legislatures get to say, hey, you actually broke our rules. For federal office, you didn't carry out the law. You broke the law. And in our discretion as the body that made the rules, as the lawmakers for the various states, we're going to say, actually, we're not going to count those electors because you broke the law. Now, who does Hillary want to, to decide if the law has been broken? Well, obviously, we know that Hillary Clinton doesn't care about law. She cares about power. Hillary Clinton cares about, is driven by avarice. And, you know, she turned and said that, that Justice Thomas is filled with bitterness. And it, effectively, she said he's an angry black man. I, I don't know that I know anyone more bitter than her. And about the same time this came out, Ted Cruz went on to entertain himself, I think, by sitting down with the ladies of The View and getting yelled at. And in fact, there were protesters there screaming about the weather and weren't even there to protest Cruz. I guess they were just fortunate enough to be there when Ted Cruz was there. And he's presenting to them their hypocrisy. But again, I mean, why go to this trouble? Why go through this hubbubaloo? Is that how you say that? Hullabaloo? I've never used that word. Why did that come to me? Hubbabaloo or is it hullabaloo? I've never used that word. I'll have to look it up. Cruz sits down to entertain himself. Try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump but stole the election. You don't Abrams, who said, who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes. and said it was That's illegitimate, right. and, and, it and was. you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's illegitimate did, did when Republicans... So, yeah, he was starting to say it's illegitimate when Republicans say it, but not when Democrats say it. I, I just, it's, I have very low tolerance uh, for the ladies of the view, particularly the turncoat fake conservative 
who I have on video, and I can play it on video of her saying, President Trump's the greatest man I've ever met. He is, he's so caring. He's so kind. And, and afterwards, she was saying, we need to move on from January 6th. You know, she was using the cliche nothing burger stuff. And then The View says, you're pretty. You want to be on the TV? You're pretty. And all of a sudden, she founds, I don't want to say God, you know, because... That's not what she found. God doesn't reside in TV sets. I don't, I mean, God is everywhere. He's aware of the view. He's probably there are people there who are Christians keeping their heads down and maybe trying to do something right. We're going to talk about that next hour, quiet soldiers. I owe a whole bunch of people in this audience an apology. I really do. That's next hour. So Cruz goes and he entertains himself. By putting up with this, you know, barrage of, of inanities from the ladies of The View. And all this trouble, all of this drama. Now, do I think the election, the presidential election was rigged with Trump? I know it was rigged. You know it was rigged. Did they succeed in stealing it? I mean, my sense is yes. I will say factually it was rigged. I will say factually, there were a bunch of fake votes simply because raw data doesn't structure itself. That doesn't happen. You don't get these clean factorial blocks of votes. Oh, look, 400 here. Oh, look, 400 for Biden. Oh, look, 800 for Biden. Oh, look, 1,200 for Biden. Why are they all in factors of 400? Uh, uh, Hey, squirrel, did they succeed in stealing it? Well, that's the question. But why go through all that work when you can get the same result, right? I mean, there's the McConnell technique. Uh, Mitch McConnell, of course, is, is the money man in the Senate. He and Kevin McCarthy in the House. And this is very similar to what we're about to talk about with the FBI. When they, when the powers figured out, hey, let's make the Speaker of the House and the Majority Leader in the Senate, let's make them the money bags. Let's have them run the fundraising outfit. So the NRCC and the NRSC, National Republican Congressional Committee, National Republican Senatorial Committee, Republican Governors Association. And the RGA is better than all those other ones because it has some form of, of republic, you know, a Republican democracy within it. The NRCC, NRSC, those are owned by uh, RNC. Those are owned, the RNCs, if there's a Republican president, it's supposed to be run by the Republican president. Right now, the de facto leader of that is McConnell and McCarthy. And here's why. Because they have amassed for themselves bottleneck power. Anytime you have bottlenecks, you're going to have abuse. It's, it's, you'll have sexual abuse if there's bottlenecks. That's how you have the casting couch in Hollywood, which is a very real thing. Um, that's why there are uh, executives at American Express, senior executives, who say to young women, I don't think I can continue to help your career or mentor you unless you start sleeping with me, having sex with me, even though I'm married and you are a third of my age. I'm going to need you to sexually service me because it's a bottleneck. You've risen to a point at American Express where there's very, very few global global VPs 
and one of them is saying, "Hey, would you like to be a would you like to be a a, 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 a divisional global VP? If so, I need you to sexually service me." When you get bottlenecks, you get abuse. Mitch McConnell is very, very close to what we're about to talk about with the FBI and that weird trick that Bobby Mueller used um, to steal America's sovereignty. Now, I don't believe for a second that was Bobby Mueller's intent because I don't think Bobby Mueller's that clever. But Bobby Mueller has no problem with the outcome. You know, that happy accident thing we talked about. And yeah, Mitch McConnell. Very similar thing. You know, my friends, uh, my brother and friend, Zach Abraham, uh, joins us every Friday. And there is, this is probably your last chance uh, to get into his webinar, free live webinar that's coming up. Uh, it's today. Now, this show drops. That's podcast speak. Yeah, why does, why do media people need that? You know what they say about um, uh, Broadway plays? They bow. It bows on this date. Well, we drop podcasts. We never did that with radio shows. Like the top of the hour, the show starts. Normal talk. This podcast drops at 5 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, Thursday, the 27th of 2022, this afternoon. Uh, Zach is doing one of his famous free live webinars. Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer, Bulwark Capital Management. Incidentally, this is the last one of the year. So last chance to see Zach answer questions, get on the hot seat, as it were. And he's going to do a deep, deep dive on your portfolio. Now, clearly, with a whole bunch of people on the free live webinar, he can't dig into everybody's portfolio. He'd be negligent if he did that. But he's going to give you the tools to do an assessment. Is your bank account or your 401k or an array of things you have, your properties, et cetera, wealth or building wealth, is it set up to handle the chaos economy? Is it set up for risk to, to get through the risky period? That's the focus. And in this free live webinar, Zach will go into vivid detail about Bulwark Capital Management's investment management strategy that is focused on risk management. He'll explain when we talk about the 60-40 stock bond mix being anachronistic, See, I can say anachronistic too, Hillary. Yeah, but I didn't flub it. Being anachronistic, he'll explain why. And he'll answer questions because at the heart of it, Zach is a teacher. This is today at 3 p.m. If there are slots available, you would need to get in now and reserve one. So you go to knowyourriskradio.com, K-N-O-W, knowyourriskradio.com and register there. Know your risk radio.com investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement bulwark capital management is an investment advisor representative check financial llc and sec registered investment advisor so one of the reasons that i am a well first of all uh, above everything a christian uh and that means a, a jesus needer a christ follower a discipled man and then a conservative. The conservative part is this, um, that the, the bigger the government, the smaller the person. And God didn't make us to be small. I mean, 
the Lord Jesus delegated to us some enormous powers. If we ever really began to understand that and act in accordance with his will on a consistent basis, we would have some of the most mind-bending powers. And that's because he values us. Conservatism values people above organizations, if it's truly conservatism. This is not true about Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy. They do not, well, look at the fruits of their labor. Do the fruits of their labor indicate that they value individuals? Does the FBI value individuals? Does the CDC value individuals? I mean, the answer across the board is no. Mitch McConnell has decided to drop money from funding a New Hampshire campaign of Don Bolduck. And this is, he is an America first guy. This is from the Federalists. They're doing increasingly good work. A GOP super PAC with ties to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is pulling the plug on supporting New Hampshire Republican Senate candidate Don Bolduck, despite the most reliable polling showing the race to be a close contest. Known as the Senate Leadership Fund, the McConnell-backed Super PAC announced on Friday that it would be canceling roughly $5.6 million in television ads it had previously released a reserve for the final weeks of the highly contested race. Now, one of the reasons that they're doing this is that this guy has said that he's not going to go out and vote for McConnell as leader. So McConnell's going to drop the money. And here's the way the bottleneck works. This is how they did it. The, we don't have a Senate or a House of Representatives. We have Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi. They have almost autocratic control over what gets voted upon, what comes up for a vote. It's like they're the, you can have a whole bunch of cooks working at a restaurant, but the chef decides what's on the menu. That's the way they've done it. And people who purchase our bodies, like pharma, they purchase our bodies, our kids' bodies. They try to. Those of us who've stood up against them understand we're made in the image of God. We're not going to be remade by big pharma. They purchase our bank accounts, such as there's going to be a digital currency. Uh, they've already decided, and there's companies lining up to, to run it like MasterCard. They purchase our bodies. They purchase our neighborhoods. You know, cable companies saying, hey, we want to be the only cable company in neighborhoods. Okay, we'll sell that to you. They know that Mitch and Nancy make those decisions. And if the Republicans win back the House, Kevin makes those decisions as to which bills come up. In other words, what's on the menu? It's a complete bottleneck. So we don't have a House or a Senate. We have Mitch and we have Nancy. And they, they, they hand out some beans to some of their leadership position, people understanding, hey, if you want your bills come up, you're going to back me. So it's mobsterism. It's a broken system. It's people who seek to serve themselves rather than be served. And if we were observant to the word of God, if we were observant to the commands of Jesus, it couldn't be the case. Because McConnell, in moments of self-reflection, would pray to the Lord, please show me in what ways I act with inequity. Please show me the log in my eye. And God would reveal, hey, Mitch, you're serving yourself rather than seeking to be served. To be first, you must be last. But that self-reflection, that moment of introspection has never occurred. 
near as I can tell from the fruits of the labor. Which brings us quite near to the Bobby Mueller thing, but let's start it with Merrick Garland. So Merrick Garland, the I describe as a very dangerous but very impotent man, and sometimes the most impotent people, when they um, slide into or slither into a position of authority, sometimes they're the most dangerous. And, and you've seen this time and again. Uh, we saw it with the COVID nonsense where you have people who work in service positions and there is absolutely, absolutely nothing wrong with working in a service position. Most of us have done it. And there are those of us who in our elder years, as we've been discipled, seek to serve. And often fail. And I'll address that next hour in this apology to, to quiet soldiers. I owe you, a, I owe a lot of people in this audience an apology and you're going to get it next hour. So we saw it with flight attendants. Screaming at people. Belittling people. Uh, we saw it with store employees. I'll never forget in Seattle, a guy went into a hardware store and the employee there beat him with a bat. Because he wasn't wearing a woke mess. Beat the man with a baseball bat. For not wearing a woke mask. And was applauded. Got what he deserved. He's murdering the kids. So I call Merrick Garland a very impotent, very dangerous paper bully. The government of China sought to interfere with the rights and freedoms of individuals in the United States. And to undermine our judicial system that protects those rights. They did not succeed. The Justice Department will not tolerate attempts by any foreign power to undermine the rule of law upon which our democracy is based. <laughs> that is the man who runs the Justice Department. That is the man who refuses to prosecute the illegal protests outside of Supreme Court Justice's house. And that's a debatable law. It's a debatable law. I'm happy to have the debate, but it's the law. They're trying to change the Supreme Court's mind and pressure them, and they were doing that before the decision came out on abortion. And Merrick Garland won't even talk about it. That's Merrick Garland who refuses to put any effort into trying to find the groups, and they're not hard to find, they admit they're doing it, who are burning down, vandalizing, and destroying pro-life centers refuses to do that that's merrick garland who refuses to release the documents he's been ordered to release by the people's house on how he is going to carry out the the instructions of the figurehead because according to margo uh, no uh, yeah, according to uh, the federalist the the biden people have said to federal agencies you will have a vote turnout program you will have a voter engagement program the government this is one of the reasons why whenever you hear now the figureheads or his spokes liar they'll say well I, we obviously need to be careful about getting into the politics of this we don't we don't want to get into the politics of this and anytime it's a spokes liar they'll say the president has been clear it's all nlp natural language processing trying to drive that into people's minds oh no no joe biden's very clear and oh they don't talk politics they're they're very very nonpartisan at the white house they every time they talk they say we don't get involved in politics that's Merrick Garland, whose DOJ refuses to release their paperwork on how they are doing voter engagement, how the CDC is doing it, which is all about reelecting Democrats. That's what it's all about. But that's a lot of work. 
Robert Mueller had one weird trick. I don't think it was his design, but it's worked that way. That has resulted in a much quicker and easier way to begin divorcing America from its sovereignty. And it was, you know, some strokes on a memo. Changing the culture. And as you listen to this, tell me if the same thing hasn't happened in the Senate under Mitchell McConnell, in the House under Nancy Pelosi, at the CDC under Tony Fauci, and Bobby Redfield pretended to be his boss, but never really was. Got a note from someone about the soda weight loss protocol and my discussion about fat as an energy source. Um, and some interesting feedback that I will read and, and consider. Uh, because my experience in dropping fat has been that eating fat helped me drop fat. And it's been the experience of, well, over 7,000 people who left reviews for Soda Weight Loss, real reviews on Google reviews, they have an average of 4.8 out of five stars. Uh, That's hard to get at that number. And I was stunned when I sat down and, and went through a process like that where I took off 95 pounds super quickly, freakishly quickly, frighteningly quickly. To be blunt with you, it was frighteningly quick. A lot of that was because my activity level was insane. At the time, during that process, I was regularly burning 5,000 to 6,000 calories a day. And so, yeah, the weight came off. But you know what? I'd already been burning 5,000 to 6,000 calories a day. And I was eating about 4,500 a day. That's a 1,500 calorie per day deficit. That should have been a pound of fat loss per day. But it didn't happen. Why? Because my body had locked down. It said, nope, we're not doing it anymore. Too much. Now, on the soda weight loss protocol, they're aware that bodies do that. That's why you'll do an intake interview. When you go to sodaweightloss.com and you sign up, they're going to do an intake interview. You're going to fill out some questions. You're going to answer some questions. Then you're going to talk to a nutritionist and ultimately a team of nutritionists will put together a plan for you. Why? Because your body probably is in a different state than mine was. It's pretty freakish to go burn five or 6,000 calories a day. And not everybody does that. But this isn't about gym work. It's about what you put in your mouth and when. Then they'll develop the plan. Then they'll put together the convenience foods. Then they're going to give you some personal homework. Mine was drinking a ton of water. I don't know what yours will be. Because you're you. And so the weight loss doesn't do the one size fits none thing. It's going to be instrumented for you. So get started on this and get that fat unlocked at sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. It stands for state of the art. And I think that's proven through the success, but I can also say this. An organization that says, hey, we'll help you drop fat. If they can't say, here's how much fat you're going to drop per week if you stay in a protocol, roughly. If they can't do that successfully, well, then I don't think they have a very good program. Soda Weight Loss does that. S-O-T-A weightloss.com. A uh, really fantastic piece at the Federalist about uh, this this thing that that came to Robert Mueller, and it starts with a little bit of dramatics. Robert S. Mueller III was at Camp David this uh, Saturday morning after the September 2001 attacks. 
Just days into his tenure as FBI director, he was humiliated when President George W. Bush dismissed his reporting and said he wanted him to prevent another attack. After his experience at Camp David, Mueller resolved had resolutely set about to change the FBI's, quote, culture. That's the word he used. He was going to make it into an intelligence agency, or as his repeated terminology, an intelligence-driven organization. Although Mueller, as a federal prosecutor, had worked with dozens of agents, case agents in both Boston and San Francisco as a federal prosecutor, he did not know FBI culture or how the Bureau functioned. He also displayed hostility to special agents in charge of each of the Bureau's 50-plus field offices. Pence Bomb, the Bureau's code name for the 9-11 investigation, would thus become the first case in the history of the FBI run from headquarters. It set a bad precedent, which would yield poisonous fruit in the Hillary Clinton email investigation and then the Russia collusion fiasco. After the attacks of September 11, Bush ordered the Office of Personnel Management to allow retired federal enforcement agents, law enforcement agents, and intelligence officers to return to active duty, security clearances, and all. Robert Mueller was the only head of a federal agency or intelligence agency who refused to enact the order. The CIA, we learned, went whole hog, reinstating those who'd had language or country-specific skills and experiences. They were former agents with those skills. Robert Bob Quigley was both a bomb expert and an Arabic speaker. He volunteered. The FBI did not respond. Mueller was changing course, and he didn't want anyone around who was less likely to buy into his centralized, intelligence-driven paradigm. Hence, in the Mueller-Comey years, we saw non-agents running public affairs and congressional affairs and serving as general counsel, all positions where the ugliness of Crossfire Hurricane and its aftermath were manifest. So as John Durham's September 15, 2021 indictment of Hillary Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman showed us, we had FBI general counsel James Baker, a non-agent, accepting misdirection from Sussman. An agent would have known how to interview Sussman. Baker, sitting alone with Sussman in the Hoover office building, didn't even think to bring an agent into the room. And in the summer of 2021, the IG reported on the misconduct of Jill C. Tyson, another non-agent who was brought in to run congressional affairs. She carried out a sexual liaison with a subordinate, which disrupted the workplace and demonstrated cultural rot at FBI HQ. Mueller had sufficient time to do his damage. His 10-year term was to end in September two, uh, 2011. The U.S. Congress passed in July 2011, and then President Barack Obama signed into law a special exemption, granting Bobby Mueller an additional two-year term. He served a total of 12 years, a term exceeded only by J. Edgar Hoover. Mueller recruited Jimmy Comey to be his successor as FBI director in 2013. Mueller regaled the executive conference. A meeting of the Bureau's most senior executive with his account of a conversation with Comey. Then the Deputy Attorney General, Comey expressed hesitancy in accepting a demotion to become FBI Director. Mueller demonstrated how he drew an organization chart on a napkin, showing the Director reporting directly to the uh, uh, Attorney General, bypassing the Deputy. According to those in the audience, Mueller seemed to find that very funny. What is not funny is the amount of damage Comey proceeded to inflict on the FBI until he was dismissed by President Trump on May 9, 2017. 
Mueller's change in culture from a law enforcement to an intelligent mindset was greatly exacerbated by Comey's poor leadership leading the FBI into the ugly morass of the Russia collusion hoax. And it led it into something else. HQ is filled with careerists. They're not cops. They don't understand cops. The motivation of someone who gets into law enforcement is very rarely to say, I'm going to grift. I'm going to amass power for myself. I'm going to run people. Very rare. Think of the type of person who wants to be in the field with a badge, going undercover, going into some dangerous circumstances. In other words, willing to serve rather than be served. Willing to put their life on the line for others. And there is no greater love hath man than to lay down his life for his friend. Okay, they get paid. Certainly they do, and they deserve it. And they get good pensions, and maybe those are too much. Average D.C. employee is paid two times. Two to three times, actually. What the citizens are. Still, the mindset of a cop, the makeup of a cop, is different than the makeup of a bureaucrat. And certainly different than the makeup of a Bobby Mueller. And the fruits continue to be known. Stephen Friend sat down for an interview with the great Cheryl Atkinson. And it's, it's a long, well, it's not, it's about a half hour interview. But it starts with an interesting discovery. Stephen Friend had been doing something I think we can regard as important. Tracking down people who film kids being raped and then make money by letting men watch, men and boys, watch kids being raped in an attempt to find the men and the organizations who have kidnapped the children or trafficked them or conned them into allowing themselves to be raped on film and sometimes just being kidnapped and raped. I think that's an honorable pursuit. That had been what Stephen Friend had been doing at the time. You came originally in Florida, you're working child porn cases, which at the time that was a high priority. At the time that I arrived, yes, the, the supervisor that was in place said there was a real need for it that he'd perceived and he'd argued relentlessly to keep my position open as a uh, child exploitation body for the division. And then what happened a couple months later that made you leave the child exploitation cases behind? At the end of the fiscal year, the uh, Jacksonville field office does an assessment and where it wants to reallocate any resources, what it deems to be a higher priority, lower priority type of cases. So the assistant special agent in charge reached out to our office and said that I was going to be reassigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force to uh, focus on domestic terrorism investigations. He said that uh, child exploitation and child pornography cases were going to be considered a local matter. What did you think about that? I was extremely disappointed. I'd come here to Daytona with the understanding that I was going to be working that violation for the foreseeable future. Uh, but I am a team player said that you know, that's fine. Um, I was also worried because the FBI's bread and butter is to liaise with local law enforcement. And in my two and a half months working on those cases, I'd made a lot of promises to local sheriff's offices and police departments that I was going to be an asset to them uh, for the next decade plus of time. And we'd really gotten to work on some cases that were 
really important work, and I'd hope to continue that. Bureaucrats and careerists seek to protect bureaucracies and careers. Cops seek to protect us and our kids. Now, I understand that's a gross generalization. I understand that there are people who found themselves in bureaucratic jobs who would say to me, no, that's, that's not my motivation, and I believe you. But as a whole, in a mindset, in a culture that rewards control and longevity and padded budgets, that's what you do to succeed. That's how you succeed. At Microsoft, one of the names of the games was employees. I didn't know this. I, I didn't know that part. We had a product that God gifted me with some super smart people who built a sketch of an idea that, that, that I presented to them. We worked together. It went from $1 million in revenue to $5 million to $50 million uh, to $400 million and ultimately became a billion-dollar contributor. Now, I had left before it became a billion-dollar contributor, but was there for the $400 million part, as I recall. And I sat and talked with someone who was a senior, very senior person at Microsoft about career and what to do. And one of the things she said is, you got to get some heads. I have to have employees? Yeah. What do you have in your team? I go, oh, we're real lean. We're running with eight people. She goes, oh, you're not going to get anyone's attention with eight people. How many devs do you have? Six? No, Todd. You need to have 60 devs. You need to start thinking about how you're going to put together a portfolio of people. That's where the power is at, is people. Well, Microsoft's a bureaucracy. Right? It rewards performance more than the federal government does, but it's a bureaucracy. We're also seeing this. D.C. protects D.C. D.C. doesn't trust us. D.C. hates our stink. The Capitol Hill Visitors Center was built primarily because a bunch of long-term congressmen and women said, oh my gosh, the tourists stink to high heaven when they walk through the hallways because they're out sweating, walking around the Capitol, they haven't showered. It's gross. Can't we have a place where they can go? and not bother us in our hallways and in our cafeterias. That's truly one of the reasons that they built the Capitol Hill Visitor Center is to keep your BO out of their noses. Oh, they stink too. There are days when the humidity in D.C. is 100%. Everybody stinks. But come on. The stink of a common person. I mean, that's just gross. That's the mindset. It gets worse. I talk often about this book, What DC Gets Wrong, where pollsters decided, hey, let's turn it around. Let's run a poll and have Capitol Hill staffers answer it. Capitol Hill staffers think that you and I are hopeless and homeless. You and I don't have any retirement accounts. You and I don't have savings accounts. You and I do not understand the tricameral nature of our government or how it came about. We don't understand constitutional checks and balances. We don't remember from our civics classes that the Senate is supposed to be the gentleman's body and the, deb- the, the gentlemanly debate body, whereas the House of Representatives is supposed to be the hot debate. Hence, the comparison we've all heard of the House of Representatives is the hot cup of tea that can burn your hands. The Senate is the saucer where the spillover cools. 
through thoughtful debate, hence the two six-year cycle with the presidency in the middle at four years, the solidity of the court being lifetime appointments to the Supreme Court because we are a nation of laws. We don't get any of that. We're just trying to scrape together enough money to get ourselves a Walmart chicken and sometimes some of them taters. That's how they see us because they live in a separate country. They live in a separate economy. They live in a separate economy. There are no recessions. There are no depressions. If they want more money, they take more money. So you end up with things like this. Um, This is an exclusive from Breitbart. Great reporting. The federal judge providing over, presiding over the case of the extortion scheme targeting Representative Matt Gates' father raised questions as to, why, <laughs> as to why an intelligence operative involved in the crime hasn't been charged, according to court transcripts. In the sentencing hearing for longtime con man Stephen Alford, who was charged in the Gates extortion case and was sentenced to five years in prison, federal judge Margaret Casey Rogers question why former military intelligence officer and State Department contractor Bob Kent, who was involved in virtually every step of the crime, was not charged as well, saying she disagrees there isn't evidence for it. So the FBI said, oh, well, we, 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 uh, we don't have any evidence. And the judge is saying, well, no, you do have evidence. So why wasn't he charged? Gee, let's you and I think hard about it. Why wasn't Ray Epps charged? Why wasn't the guy who climbed a four-story scaffolding and produced a bullhorn yelling, go forward into the Capitol, into the Capitol? Why wasn't he charged? Why don't we know the names and identities of the people who decided to open those huge, heavy doors? Why aren't they charged? Gosh, if there was a clue. Bureaucracies. Protect bureaucracies. Careerists protect careers. We conservatives are a threat to the bureaucracy. And we are a threat to their careers. Authoritarians are neither. Mitch McConnell has done the same thing to the Senate. Kevin McCarthy to the House. And and, and it happened before them in their defense. This has happened, began to happen back in the days of Tom Foley. Which brings us now to this. The coming together of business and politics, that is fascism, which comes along with violence and nasty violence and lies and surveillance state. Bottleneck. Careerists bureaucracies coming together into an uber bureaucracy, uber careers. It's always, it's not always, but it's been the case. People retire from the Securities Exchange Commission and go to work for Goldman Sachs and then they leave Goldman Sachs and they go to work for the Fed and then they leave the Fed and they, and they go to BlackRock and then they leave BlackRock and they go to the, sec- they go to the Treasury. It's, there's the same company, just different divisions. And organizations protect organizations and bureaucracies protect bureaucracies. This is from the UK. And it's a question about, hey, you know that smart meter data? What's 
what's what's going on with that data? On the 1st of October, the government announced that it would be collecting, processing and storing all British smart meter data. This is despite assurances given over many years that that data was under the control of households, that only they could decide who accessed it, and that without express permission it would only be used for billing purposes. Indeed, in 2016, the then Home Secretary told me that that smart meter data is protected and it is not under the government's control. So will she set out to me how households in this country can control their smart meter data in the face of this chaotic and dysfunctional Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I am more than happy to meet with the Honourable Member and discuss this further. Yes, yes, yes. Meet and discuss. Behind closed doors, though, can't have the people hearing. From reclaimthenet.org. Headline, U.S. citizens were given secret COVID, quote, decree violation scores. Voter analytics firm PredictWise harvested location data from tens of millions of U.S. cell phones during the initial COVID lockdown months and used this data to assign a COVID-19 decree violation score to the people associated with the phones. These COVID-19 degree violation scores were calculated by analyzing nearly 2 billion global positioning um, pings to get real-time ultra-granular location patterns. People who were on the go more than their neighbors were given a high COVID-19 degree violation score, while those who mostly or always stayed home and were given a low COVID-19 degree violation score. Not only did PredictRise use this highly sensitive location data to monitor millions of Americans' compliance with the COVID lockdown degrees, it also combined this data with follow-up surveys to assign COVID concern scores to the people who were being surveilled. PredictWise then used this data to help Democrats in several swing states to target more than 350,000 COVID-concerned Republicans with COVID-related ads. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that (laughs) is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead, because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. By going to courts. In its white paper, PredictWise claims the Democrats were able to deploy this real-time location model to open up just over 40,000 persuasion targets that normally would have fallen off for Mark Kelly, who was running for the Senate at the time. Oh, you should read the whole article. Oh, by the way, weren't we told that Dinesh D'Souza was a liar when he used the exact same technology? To track people who were stealing votes. Well, you know, just stuffing the ballot boxes. With tech like that. And motives like this. Do you understand now why I say we will be taken? Right? This is the battle. Put on the armor of God. It's the only protection. It's the only protection. Vote, yes. Commit yourself to cleaning up the elections, yes. Elect God the candidates, double yes. Stay informed, of course. 
put on the belt of truth, the truth of God, we are going to be taken. The time is coming. Bad will be called good. Good will be called bad. Where the breastplate of righteousness, remembering it's a gift, nothing we've earned, it's God's righteousness, not our own. Wear on your feet the shoes of the gospel of peace to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And saving souls will give us the greatest consolation prize in history, saving America. In one hand, perhaps your non-dominant hand, is the shield of faith. God sees all of this. He's the God who sees. He, he supplies plenty. He got lots of people through this. He's going to get us through it unless he decides to have the Lord Jesus come back, in which case we'll, we'll have gotten through it. In your dominant hand, perhaps, carry the sword of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And on our heads, the helmet of redemption. We've already won. Bureaucracies protect bureaucracies. Careerists protect careers. Discipled people seek to serve and not be served. And the crazy thing about the Christian faith, and it is the craziest thing, he who is first will be last, and he who is last will be first. (laughs) The Lord Jesus was a master at doing things upside down. He never went to the bottlenecks of power. He started this ministry with a woman at the well, some would say. It's where he publicly announced, yeah, I'm the Messiah. We can do likewise. Not announce we're Messiahs. We don't get to do that part. But to seek to serve and not be served. It's crazy that this battle is going to be won on our knees, guys. I know. Seems completely upside down. It's not my rules, God's. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please do go be well, be strong, be kind. And as I heard my pastor say the other day, don't run out naked. Don't you run out naked to get into battle in the spiritual realm? Don't do that naked. Put on the full armor of God.